0: This, this, this is the Drive and Dish Podcast. There,
2: there's the drive and, it, it is. Quick click. Welcome to your
0: moment, my friend. To start it off, it's Kevin Rayfuse and Justin Kuzart. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's go. Two one two one two mic check.
3: Without further ado, we get right into NBA free agency talk. Uh, that is pretty much what's gonna go down this whole entire episode, but. Uh, we got to address the the elephant in the room, the big topic that is going around all NBA podcasts, all NBA anything. Uh, Kevin Durant wants out of the Nets.
2: Yeah, it's officially uh, piled. Uh, it was like an all. What's it? I mean, what people don't remember about the DefCon scale, right? because that was how so the defcon scale for anyone who doesn't know is how close america was to nuclear war at one point like they used it back in the 60s and 70s if we were going to get attacked so i think most people go oh my god we're defcon 5 that's it No, if we're defcon 5 that's good news that means everything's all good it means we're like the middle of a real peaceful time right now Um, it's actually (laughs) defcon 1 um is what happens is when it's like yo it's imminent like man your battle stations and that's exactly what this was um there is the NBA is the most traumatic, unnecessary league every single summer. I absolutely love it. Um, I mean, the, I mean, this is insane. Kevin Durant has been there two years. Him and Kyrie Irving have been in Brooklyn for two years, and now it's just already over with. Um, you look at where this team was, and I mean, and I guess that's the part where I do feel bad for Brooklyn in a sense because Sean Marks and crew dug this team out of the gutter. Like when they got there post that post the KG and Paul Pierce trade a decade ago with no picks, with no means of really getting anything like they did everything the right way, built the way back up, drafted a bunch of young players, bet on some talent at the time. And like D'Angelo Russell, for example, um, And then just, you know, put themselves in a position to be such a stable and attractive franchise that you can lure in somebody with the caliber of Kevin Durant. Like you have Kevin Durant towards the end of the prime of his career when he's at worst the second or third best basketball player in the NBA, Um, and at the time was probably number one when you signed him. I mean, I know he was coming off injury um, in Golden State with the Achilles injury, but I mean, it's Kevin Durant. You've got Kyrie Irving. They want to play together. You're a half a... Shoe size away from beating the Bucs and potentially going to the finals. Obviously, we know the Bucs won the title that year. Um, maybe the Nets are able to do that. It, it sure feels like the Nets would have beat the Hawks. And then, I mean, James Harden would have only got healthier that run. And now, just like that, it's over with. I mean, they, they're at, well, you know, the, the decision the die has been cast. And I know KD is under contract for four right. more years. And I think that's the thing is where I know we're in a player's league. Four years is a lot. And KD's not going to sit out like Ben Simmons. Like this right. isn't a situation where he just doesn't care. Like, no Kevin Durant, especially he'll never admit it out loud, but I think he's as motivated as he's ever been post the Warriors winning the title last year and trying to get one on his own without them now. And so, I, I, you know, in that sense, I do think Brooklyn has more leverage than most teams that are being held at gunpoint by their franchise superstars do.
3: And that's what I was going to bring up is... I, I like immediately after this came out, everyone's talking about like, where can he go? He can fit with this team. He can fit with that Everywhere. team. And up. Everyone right.
2: should be trying. Let me right. be as clear as possible.
3: But, and, and to that, you know, we should, and we'll get to it in a second. The two teams that have kind of come out from KD's side of things were Miami and the Suns, which I find hilarious because they were the number one teams in both conferences last year. Could you be more soft is my problem with that. Um, Cause that's the thing that kind of like, is around him, right? Like he always wants to go to the team. That's already, that's already there or right there about to do it. When he went to the warriors, that was kind of the, the vibe. And I feel like if he went to the heat or Suns, it would be a similar vibe in that sense.
2: I do. And I don't, I mean, cause here's the thing, like you're going to have to give up so much to get him that yeah. it would kind of deplete the roster. Like I know if he goes to Phoenix, I mean, like let's look at both of those deals. If I'm, Brooklyn right now. Minimum, I'm not even picking up the phone if Booker's not in the deal, which I don't think Phoenix is not going to put Booker in it. Well, at that point. and
3: and 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 hold on because that was a big that was a big stopping point as everyone was saying. Of course Booker has to be a part of it, but because Ben Simmons, uh, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons signed the uh, designated rookie extension with Philly and then right. was traded to Brooklyn. They cannot have Booker, who I think did the same thing. So you can't have two of the same players that did that from a trade on your team.
2: Well, and we'll get into Miami in a sec, because that's going to yes. be Miami's holdup, in my opinion, Bam. with Bam at a bio. But with, yeah. with Phoenix, if, if Booker's not involved, I'm looking at Ayton, Bridges, and at least four first-rounders. I mean, in, especially in the aftermath of the Rudy Gobert trade. You want to talk <laughs> about changing the market for everybody yeah. um, really quickly on a dime. Um, and that, again, that's a discussion we'll get into later with first rounders. But I, the thing is, you you'd have to first get DeAndre Ayton to sign back, which essentially would be doing Phoenix a favor, which I don't know that he's necessarily looking to do at this point, the right. way that situation is gone. But I mean, you're basically you're stripping the roster at that point. I mean, you you maybe included Cam Johnson in there, like d- that, especially again, postco bear trade, that is really shaking the market up for Kevin Durant. Like, I know KD is 34 years old, I know he's dealt with histories. You know, I know you could say that this was acrimonious, if you will, the way it's breaking up. But I listen. You're gonna get maybe the best trade package ever in NBA history for Kevin Durant.
3: Well, and and that's kind of so. So back to the original when you talked about the Nets and all that going on is like people were quick to uh, start talking about teams. Like I was saying, but but my back back of my thought was like they might be in a situation where they don't obviously have to move quick they have him under contract now i know there's a lot of like oh i have an injury i won't play type stuff that goes on and like you alluded to kevin durant probably won't do that but at that point you're you're hoping on probably and if things get more volatile then the value also starts going down potentially from other teams i know it's kevin durant but if things are getting you know worse and worse and he's demanding things and he's not playing it, it's I
2: completely so- disagree. Cause I think AD was as toxic and, I, and I'm going back to the su- recent superstar trades. I'm going to use them as a model, but I'll go back to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was pretty much as toxic as you could get at the end of new Orleans, like short of Ben Simmons, just not playing. You're right. Um, and the Lakers or, and in the Pelicans. I should say still got everything they wanted from the Lakers. Like they got their hall of young players and picks somebody like Kevin Durant, especially Kevin Durant is not going to lose value. Like that's the thing. Ke- Kevin Durant could basically, like, you know, he could, be, like, rip a door off Brooklyn's facility, carry it into the parking lot, and go bash somebody's car in. And I don't think he would lose value. The only way he would lose value is if he did some disgusting off-the-court stuff like Miles Bridges, which we'll get into a little bit later, scumbag. Yeah. But – yeah. um no, I, I don't th- I wouldn't worry about that from a Brooklyn perspective. I, I mean you have you're already having to deal with the Kyrie situation too. Now Kyrie opted in, which is the big news there. So Kyrie right. hops in earlier this week. They have him for a year. I still think they're gonna try to facilitate a move there, but again, Kyrie's market is way different as well. Um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are not going to play together. I don't know if that's re- if that's real or if that's what they think, but that's a pipe dream if, if that's going to happen. Yeah, what do you um, put
3: weight wise on? I, I know there was around there, and of course, like I, I almost made the joke. I should have made the joke on uh, on Twitter for like the seven people that would have seen it. Um, But I should have made the joke the second Kevin Durant was up. Is like, oh, Lakers fans are going to start coming up with trades that they land Kyrie and KD. Oh, my
2: God. I mean, I mean, everybody is. I I saw somebody be like, oh, just trade Russ and AD. And I'm like, well, the AD makes it you're in the ballpark, but you ain't getting both of them with Russ in there. That's the thing. Um, No, I I think so. Going back to Miami. That's kind of they're in the same position as Phoenix is where it's like if you can't put Bam out of bio in that deal, I'm laughing out the ballpark if you're like they have. They do not have a good enough package compared to even Phoenix, in my opinion, with without including Bam, like if you're if you're centering a deal around Tyler Hero. So let's say it's like Tyler Hero, Gabe Vincent, four first round picks like Max Struess a bunch of other like random heat development guys who again all played meaningful minutes for them last sure. year. I'm not trying to downplay any of those players, but like you're telling me the centerpiece of my deal is Tyler Hero who again dealing with injury so I don't want to dump on it too much but like I just watched Tyler Hero not be able to play in the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston. Like that's going to be my superstar game-changing guy that I want to bring back for Kevin Durant. Like Kyle Lowry is just kind of old at this point. Unfortunately, that contract's not very good. I don't know why I'd want to pick that up. Um, and so what? At that point, what, are they going to trade Jimmy? Miami's not trading Jimmy. So there we go. We're, we're just and stuck in an impasse. And, and I, would
3: assume, I would assume the reason Kevin Durant wants to be in Miami is to potentially play with Jimmy. Like that is yeah, the end goal there, and I would um, imagine
2: Bam at that point too. Like I think Bam is a big part right. of that as well, and and I think if my the way for Miami to get in would be to facilitate but a third team somehow, and then that's where you move Bam, you move Bam on a third team, get a really good haul back, and then try to flip that. But again, I still think like if the Brooklyn's saying they want an All Star back, like I know t- again Tyler Hero just won Sixth Man of the Year, I don't want to downplay him, but like th- I, that's not the centerpiece of return. I'm going like if Phoenix can give me eight and or Bridges, I like both of them better than Hero at that point
3: well and, and I would say too if you're Kevin Durant your your expectation is you know whatever team you're going to there's most likely a star is going to move but from the Phoenix side he probably wants to play with Booker he probably wants to play with Chris Paul like you know like those are the guys that I assume is the reason he's interested and obviously their success is a big part of that as well so you know other players that by the way that are on that uh rookie extension or sign that designated rookie extension that will limit their ability to do anything if they don't you know you they could move ben like ben could be a part of a trade and i've seen one where he ends up in sacramento and, and there's you know there's all these ones going around but uh andrew wiggins joel Embiid, bam donovan mitchell all those guys uh signed that extension which would would create some problems uh if they were trying to do anything to acquire those guys you'd have to move ben which it makes me it it subtly makes me so happy that ben is a hold up in a lot of these trades. like i don't know why of course just it like, does
2: this whole so situation ben... <laughs> blew up we were worried about ben simmons like backing into a ring last year after all that situation now yeah. it's like have fun um mm-hmm. we'll see if he even plays next year the sneaky team to watch is toronto i'm telling you toronto's got the assets i've seen a few people say do. that now i've seen some raptors fans act like scotty barnes is an untouchable god out here and it's just like guys you got to let it go the same way sixers fans do with tyrese maxi it's like look mm. it's kevin durant i know it's the cost of doing this i do not want to trade tyrese maxi i know any circumstance. So let me be as clear as possible kevin Durant is the only like one of probably four players that i actually would move maxi for but listen we're in rarefied air here with Kevin Durant. I, Toronto is insane if they don't move. Like the, the thing you have is, to do it. I think you have to do it. I mean, I think people are going to go, Oh, well, what if we do Scotty and OG? Like it may very well have to be Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes or Pascal and OG. Like you're giving up one really good player at the minimum here and probably both. Um, but I, I think in terms of the war chest, the picks, the young players they have around the edges, like Toronto could do it. Um and still have enough. Like you've got I would imagine they keep Van Vliet in that scenario. I don't see him getting moved in the deal because he's a little bit older. Um my, got-
3: my favorite thing, by the way, if if that happened, would be this weird trend of every so often a star going to Toronto kind of to like not re-image but like <laughs> they go there they go win a ring and then they go to another team like like they b- well, do the Kawhi, they go there they win it they they're the guy and well, then and they there's move something on.
2: To be said about toronto i mean again they put themselves in a position where they have the assets to trade for a player of this caliber like that was the thing when Kawhi leonard went on the market is they had the ability to do it like again that was a, a big time shakeup with them and that was a gamble because again the was a fan favorite like mm-hmm. it, it looks great obviously and I think they have the flexibility and the trust now because that worked out you win the title Kawhi chooses to leave on his own like it's a best case scenario for everybody but like that could have very well gone you know the way the Boston Isaiah Thomas deal did for a little bit where it could have failed and and kind of gone backwards I know Boston clearly is fine as a franchise as well but you know I think that set them back with with free agents at least for a couple of years um the same way i think the derozan thing could have had it not worked out but yeah now it, it all works out you have all that young talent like you you sign good contracts or vets and i mean th- this is what good organizations do they keep themselves in the position to have all sorts of options on the table if you go forward with this young chorus toronto and the, and the guys that you're building around you still know you can be competitive and win games you were the five seed in the east last year um and then still be in a position to land somebody as well so um, but I, I think there's somebody to watch. I mean, if the Sixers move Maxie, I do legitimately – they'd have to move Tobias Harris too. That's the thing is like they have to figure out the cap situation a little more right now. And But I'm not being a homer when I say the Sixers legitimately do have the package. Like Tyrese Maxi, I think is good enough to move the needle. I don't know but if I it's guess... the best out there, but is it one that absolutely gets them to at least pick up phone call? Absolutely.
3: And, and I would say too with that, um, there is an angle of – does Kevin Durant want to play with James Harden? I know Kyrie had the Sixers on his list, which I thought was interesting at the time. But I haven't heard Kevin Durant say he wants to go there. And I wonder if part of that is he doesn't want to be with Harden.
2: Is Harden not validated here a little bit with all the way all this has played out?
3: Kind of. I, I mean, I would think so a little bit. Again, I still think there's a lot of harden a lot of. Work on Harden's side that he has to prove. I know we've seen the pictures of oh, him absolutely. doing the doing the hill runs, and we'll see. But, but, yeah, you're you're not wrong. It's it's kind of showing both parties were potentially at fault or are at fault in a way. So,
2: oh, just everybody blame James Harden for blame- for going right. out, where it's like, no, clearly the situation was bad. That KD wants out too. Like I think Kyrie was absolutely a bit culpable, um, and nobody could really rein it in. Mm-hmm. And this is just the situation it got to be, unfortunately. I think the sweep obviously was the, you know, just the the period on the season of disappointment. And it well, is crazy disappointing. Now, the good thing is, again, I don't think Brooklyn, I mean, if you look at them right now, oh, yeah, they're down as bad as you can get. Like Houston's got their next like four first round picks as part of that Harden deal. Um, right. But again, you should be able to replenish the war chest pretty quickly here if you're um sure. if you're trading Kevin Durant get a lot of that draft capital and Ky- back and
3: potentially Kyrie
2: yeah and so your cap is obviously going to be a lot more freed up when you don't have two players like that Um, you're going to have a ton of picks, hopefully, that you bring in here. And so, you know, again, I I don't think this is 2012 all over again. I think there's a ton of disappointment around Brooklyn, of course. Because, again, Brooklyn did everything right. Like, they put themselves in the situation to be able to land guys like this. I feel like they made the surrounding moves. Like, I didn't mind going all in for Harden last year and taking that swing. It's just, unfortunately, personalities matter.
3: So there obviously there there's two other parts of this that of the conversation that I've seen popping up around on on uh Twitter. We'll get into the like the whole just generic to generalize NBA players being soft conversation of always wanting to change teams and stuff like that. I do want to talk about that in a second, but the other thing too is from the Nets' standpoint, you got to be a little bit frustrated, right? Like you did everything KD asked you to do. Yeah, I think like, you're
2: super frustrated. I I think you've already seen like if you believe the reports, like from ownership, that's why they were they're just done with it. Like the ownership mm-hmm. was prepared to lose them. Cause that's I mean, if you believe I, I forget I think it was in the Daily News, but it was like they were know they liked having the team and and, because you're right there's a lot that they caved on here like i think you would argue kenny atkinson who was a really good coach for them who we talked about left because of this situation um i mean they basically traded jared allen to go sign deandre jordan which obviously looks like a disaster in hindsight like the nets had a really good young team i mean they they you know they pushed the sixers a bunch in the first round they had made the playoffs um mm-hmm. i think they lost that series in five but like that was all off young talent where it felt like they still had a lot of work to do you could have added around that roster Um, Now, again, I don't think that's the wrong decision, but I think, yeah, when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving come here, you imagine that they're going to give you four or five years, commit to winning and and try to bring this thing home, not bail out after two years. And And, I mean, you know, Kyrie's a wild card. You knew what it is with Kyrie. But with (laughs) KD, yeah, I don't think you expected KD to want to bail out like
3: this. And I I think now, like, we'll see a little, not like a renaissance of it, but I think a little bit of, you know, with LeBron, with KD, when you have a player like, that good that big that big name you almost are letting them in a way we joke about it with lebron decide the teams make the teams bring these players in you're
2: letting them gm it you're letting them dictate it a little
3: and in these two scenarios it has been a disaster and so maybe teams use that as like a hey we understand this is what you want we think the team needs something like this Let's go that like you know what I mean? That that's how they'll handle those conversations now going forward, instead of handing the keys of the team to these star players. But again, they want to play with with maybe guys they're familiar with or you know, players they think they will benefit from. But in these two scenarios, which they created a quote, you know, big three in situations and both of these were just utter disasters. The Lakers, more specifically on the win column, the Nets. More specifically, I, just in the in the in the chemistry type stuff.
2: I don't want to put the Lakers in that combo. See, so here's the thing: like, I don't. I, I feel like that's disrespectful to LeBron and AD. LeBron and AD won a title. Like, I know it was a terrible season last year, but like, LeBron and Anthony Davis won a title the first year they played together. Like, they're already val. It, it will be a disappointment, I think, in a lot of people's eyes if they don't get back there and they're just permanently right. down after that. That they only made it a one and done run. But like, they got a title. Like, it's always validated at the but end if, of the day. You but one if they is always a- better than none.
3: But if, but, and again, it maybe it wasn't LeBron in their ears saying this, but if they hadn't gone for Westbrook and maybe retooled in a different way, I agree with that
2: too. I think they would have been a lot better if they retooled a different way. And that's the mistake they made. And that's the risk you take is you have to have that balance. You know, who's having the best time ever in all of this? The Golden State Warriors. Cause you know (laughs) why? They've never had any beef. They were attractive enough to bring KD in, they won titles before and without him. Their core has Could, never gotten into arguments with each other. They just shut up, go to work, and win. It's crazy. Like, and I think that's one of the the underrated parts of their dynasty is it's like, yo, Steph Clay and Dre just genuinely love playing with each other, and there's never any like the ego yeah. has never gotten in the way there. Um, there's never been any you know off the court drama with those three. Like, they just show up and win.
3: And 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 yeah, you're, you're right. I I'm trying to like, is there a debate to be had that LeBron and KD maybe in a way are trying to form these teams. I know there's a lot of people involved, well, but because of the Warriors and their skill set and their their talent level so high, they're feeling they do need these big threes to potentially even compete a- and beat them.
2: Well, I think they've been doing that for a while though. Like LeBron did that like yeah. when they formed the big three in Miami, that was way before, you know, Steph Curry was a rookie when the big three yep. in Miami was getting formed. Um, I mean, I, that argument has always been there in the NBA because you need. It just depends with certain situations. So the thing with the Warriors too is that the Warriors drafted all their guys. It's easier to build a big three when you just draft all your guys. Well, right. Um, well, maybe the Rockets work maybe out. Like obviously, like the Bulls when they had their dynasty. Like Michael Jordan was drafted by them. Scottie Pippen and, was drafted by them. And um, maybe with the Spurs they, with all their retooling. Like those are all drafted guys. Like there's multiple ways to do it. I just think if you're LeBron and KD. And you bounced around a little bit from organizations that maybe haven't done that and, and have missed on draft picks or just aren't as able necessarily to land free agents the way the Los Angeles Lakers and Miami Heat historically have been. Then I think there are other ways to do it. And that's what I think they're trying to form there. Like, I mean, even KD with Brooklyn, like Brooklyn, I would argue has been a more successful franchise a lot recently in the past decade, 15, even 20 years when they were back in Jersey going to the finals with Jason Kidd than the Knicks have. Um, but look, that's a Knicks town at the end of the day. Like that will New York City will always be ruled by the Knicks. And so I do think, you know, you have to get a little more creative at times.
3: And and you know, those guys, those stars now are in a position where they don't really have the luxury of trying to build through the draft. They're older, like they don't have a few years to develop. You need guys to win now. So I get it. There's not really like the luxury of trying to build through the draft like you're doing. But then I guess, like, the counter to that would be what's happening with the Warriors is, like, they're so good that they're starting to build for the future through the draft while still winning, you know? Like, it, it is such a crazy... The draft is the best way to
2: build. It always will be. Homegrown organic talent mm-hmm. will always be your best way to win. If you put yourself in the position to consistently draft well, to develop well, to reward your homegrown guys, you're going to attract free agents. And that's the thing, is it's like... you know, i don't think city matters as little as it has in the nba in a long time because you can be a generally globally marketed superstar anywhere you want like there was no planet in the 80s where milwaukee for example would ever be viewed as a marketing powerhouse but Giannis is such a big force with him being a the best player in the nba in my opinion and be just so marketable and such a household name now like Giannis doesn't need to be in a big city. You don't need to run to Hollywood to get those ad deals. Like he can absolutely post up in he Milwaukee his... and get recognized everywhere.
3: He has his own documentary out on Disney plus it actually just dropped the other day. I'm going to probably is it watch Doc it, this or is it
2: a movie. I thought, I thought it was a movie.
3: Oh, maybe it's a movie. I don't know. It's on Disney plus, but I, I saw it um, yeah. when I was watching uh star Wars stuff. So I'll have to go back in uh, and watch that. Cause uh, I was very interested to see what it's all about. So
2: yeah, no. I mean, I'm so su- I'm a little surprised they got it already. I figured it'd be a little later in their careers, but I, I mean, I, I get f- it. Everybody needs content with all the streaming services that are out.
3: I I agree, and this is this is off topic, and we don't have to go down the rabbit hole. But I feel like there should be a rule one for spoilers, but two for documentaries. Like the actual thing you're doing the documentary about has to be over for a few years before you do the documentary about it. In my opinion, so like. Mm-hmm. I don't want a LeBron documentary until he's retired and, and you know, in like, give me a few years. No, <laughs> like, well, that
2: was the, that was the best part about last dance is last dance. Right. It just, I mean, Hey, it was so well-produced, but I mean, last dance too. I think for us, like, you know, y- you and I were between one and eight when Michael Jordan won his, mm-hmm. between his first and sixth title, like we can recognize, you know, the impact he had on the game and go back and watch those highlights and, and all that stuff. Cause you know, that's what we do. But I mean, realistically, like art, memories of watching michael jordan actually play basketball were him in a wizard's uniform at the end of his career like that's we were actually watching oh, we were old enough mine, to do an nba
3: mine is him on uh space jam that's like
2: well yeah that's yeah you're no you're right so i do remember watching space jam that was a big yeah. deal back in the day 100 yeah. um but no i mean so that i think that's why last dance where it is but that was kind of my thing with you know with other sports with brady and the um with the man in the arena, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna check it out because some of those are 20 years old at this point, but it's like, you know, like something's just happened, like, you know, kind of let it marinate a little bit, like go right. back and reflect later on. Um, it also like, just depends, it also just depends who you get, you know what I mean? Uh, um, well,
3: and 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 like, so this one's not basketball, but like Machine Gun Kelly, I, I know he's a very polarizing artist. For Justin, are you watching
2: a Machine Gun Kelly dis- no. documentary?
3: No, but I'm saying he already has one, and it's like, dude, like, come on. And I get it, his angles a little different uh, than a than a normal documentary would take, but it's like the dude's like, he's still touring, he's still doing his thing, and I get it. You can tour for a long time, but like, bro, give me a give me a Nirvana documentary. Give me a, you know what I mean? Like, give me a Pearl Jam documentary. I don't want an MGK one right now like if you're going to do an MGK documentary do it in 20 years after the movement's over you know
2: yeah or do it like no I mean you could do it like in the in the daily blogs and stuff like that like if you're get, into that
3: I mean I guess but like you got we got like an Olivia Rodrigo making my first album documentary it's like come on <laughs> you know what I mean like we don't need that
2: <laughs> I mean blame the zoomers man I, I don't know I
3: know I blame know. the Boomers
2: actually but yeah, you know, that's for another day. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to the Driving Dish NBA podcast. My name is Kevin Rafuse. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Justin Cousart.
3: The ones who were locked in that gym with me know what it is. They know what I'm about. If you haven't been there with me, ask around. Is this
2: KD? Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, of course. It's, I knew KD would always go back to the gym. I'm hooping, man. I just want to hoop. And I feel you. like. But, you know, the you man out of Brooklyn, you know what this is.
3: Yeah, it, you, you had to... You, Get on your your, your burner Twitter accounts and fire off your tweets, and everything will be fine.
2: Uh, leave us a review on iTunes and come to Philly. Leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad. Or read them I don't on the know, podcast. Man. No, no, no. Shut up. I don't Justin. know. You know, you know <laughs> Justin, shut up. Dude. Don't, no, dude, don't. no, no, no. no. We are death? not going to do this. We <laughs> are not going to do this today. This is Kevin Effing Durant. I understand. Everyone in the league should be moving to get. I the Warriors should be trying to bring Katie back.
3: I understand. The problem I have is I feel like the Sixers' main problem is depth. And if you go get Kevin Durant, there's a oh, good yeah, we'll
2: chance. All oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all gone.
3: So the depth will be even worse than what it was.
2: Yeah, and I do like the moves they made generally. But we'll yeah. get into that. Uh, we're going to talk about the rest of free agency, non-Brooklyn free agency. Uh, you know, now that we're a half hour into the show. Uh, we'll also have Who's Balling, Who's Falling. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, leave us a review on iTunes, go to Battle, read them on the podcast. If you're not an Apple user, Google Play Store, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, Amazon Music, anywhere you find a podcast, you can find us.
3: Yes, uh, looking for a subscriber number 40 on our YouTube page. Uh, so if you want to be number 40, you can find us Driving Dish NBA podcast on YouTube.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Hey, it's Justin, one half of the Drive and Dish NBA podcast. Thanks for checking us out. If you hear something that you want to continue the conversation on after the podcast, be sure to hit us up, driving Dish NBA on Facebook, or find Kevin and myself individually on Twitter. Find Kevin at Refuse to Lose, or find me at Justin C. on the air. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So we're going to get into the East uh, trades and free agency stuff first. Kevin, I know you literally told me which team we were going to start with. (laughs) Miami. (laughs) Miami, okay. I was like, I fully forgot what we were going to do. So uh, Miami hasn't done a lot of moves, but I think a lot of that could potentially be because of the Kevin Durant stuff. Like,
2: Well, so we're going through right now, for a full disclosure of the order, we're going to start with the East before balling and falling, and we're going in regular season wins order. So if you are an Orlando fan, you're out of luck. You're going last today. If you're Miami, congratulations. Welcome to the front of the line. <laughs> um, but yeah, Miami, I mean, they've been quiet for the most part. Dwayne Deadman, two years, $9 million victor oladipo one year 11 million dollars i'm surprised the reports are saying that oladipo is going to go try and get some more years i think elsewhere and i think with all the injuries he's had that's certainly looking for stability there um but i mean he obviously miami was really patient with oladipo allowing him to get right and that's something that paid extreme dividends in the eastern conference finals he was great for them especially on the defensive side of the ball um so yeah i mean good signing for them to get him back again I, i think he's earned the bump in salary a little bit here we know what his upside is Um, and I mean, if he wants to, you know, clearly Miami has done right by him. So I could see why he would want to come back there as well.
3: Yeah. And, and I kind of like that too. You know, you, you both player and team believed in each other in a way, you know, like they, they, they let him recover and get there. And we saw a little bit of a flash towards the end of the season last year. So I, I like running it back with, with the heat as well. I understand trying to get some more money, but, but I like this move at the end of the day.
2: Uh, So Boston's been quiet for the most part, other than a a pretty decent-sized trade. Um, Boston's brought in Malcolm Brogdon, uh, which as soon as the Celtics lost on Twitter, uh, it felt like everyone on earth was like, go get a point guard, go get a point guard, go get a point guard. Well, they got a point guard now. Um, Traded Daniel Tice, Aaron Naismith, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Jawan Morgan, and a 2023 first-round pick. I'm not going to lie. This felt like Brogdon is a really good player when he's healthy. And I know he's missed yes, a lot yeah. of time. Um, you know, only played 36 games last year, uh, 56th year before that. Um, I think his his career high in games is his first year, he played 75. Um so there, there's definitely injury risk for sure coming off of knee injuries, but Malcolm Brogdon, when he plays, is objectively great. And and to me, now you just look at the Celtics depth, what they gave up. I mean, your your biggest you know, expenditure there is Daniel Tyson, a 2023 20, first rounder. Essentially the rest of these guys were off the bench. Like you didn't have to give up Grant Williams. You didn't have to give up Peyton Pritchard who played a ton of minutes for you last year. Um, and now, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are pegging Brogdon into to be the starter. I'm interested to see if they don't just keep rocking with Marcus smart, given all the success that they had last year um, with those lineups, or if they have Brogdon and have Brogdon come off the bench, or if they have, you know, them play one and two, essentially. Um, Either way, though, I think this is a phenomenal move for Boston. Who is they're trying to improve their depth, and the fact that again, you got him on the cheap. Like I don't see any downside to this. He's a guy who's going to fit in there right away. Um, you know, you still have Derek White, so the bench. I mean, the bench was the biggest thing. The bench and the turnovers is what cost them in the finals, right? This is, certainly seems like a great way to address both of them, and you didn't really give up anything. It feels like
3: it's a it's a low it's a low risk in terms of what you gave up. Uh, like you uh, alluded to, though, I am curious to see how they handle this with Market Smart because I know he's kind of addressed the you need a real point guard rumors and various tweets and stuff like that. Um, so I'm interested to see how they do it. Uh, he's three years left on his contract, set to earn around uh, $22.6 million um, and then a little bit less in 2023, 24, and 2024, 25 seasons. So We'll see where it goes. Uh, Again, like you alluded to, as long as he can stay healthy, healthy, I like the move. We'll just see if that happens.
2: I mean, my initial reaction as a Sixers fan was, "Man, I'm so tired of these guys now doing everything right," and I feel like that should make Celtics fans pretty happy. So, Mm -hmm. um, all right, going to Milwaukee. uh, Javon Carter coming back on a two-year deal. Wesley Matthews, one year. uh, Bobby Portis getting paid four years, forty-nine million dollars. Obviously, a huge fan favorite there. A big. part of their championship run and continued success and then bringing joe Engelson in uh coming off injury one year six and a half million dollars um, I think, I mean, Ingles to me only has upside. If Ingles is completely washed, then so be it. I mean, he is coming off a major injury. He's definitely older at this point, but all he has to really do is go in there and shoot the basketball. Um, bringing Bobby Portis back is a no-brainer, not just from a fan perspective, but you know, it, when Giannis is off the floor, he plays a lot of, of good minutes for them. Um, he's a guy who plays tough. Just always seems to be in the in the right situation. Um, And then Wes Matthews was a a good pickup for them. Again, we know what he does at this point, 3 and D, um, a lot of veteran leadership. Um, That was a good pickup for them at the deadline. Now they'll get a full season of him. Mm -hmm. Javon Carter played some good minutes for them last year after he came over from Brooklyn. So, you know, again, I don't really – Milwaukee's not really – you know, changing anything up here but i think when you look at how their season ended last year i, I think there are a lot of people in milwaukee who go yo if chris middleton's healthy we'd have maybe had right. a, another real chance to make a run at this so you know we don't miami or milwaukee i should say excuse me also has spent a lot of their draft capital recently to bring drew holiday in um so i don't think that you know there's going to be uh necessarily the big um you know that that big splash anyway with that roster, but yeah, I, I don't think you really need to. I think you bring back guys that were good last year. Engels only has upside, so yeah, I completely get running it back from Milwaukee. They're going to be right in the mix to win another title this year.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I like it. We were worried about what was going to happen with Joe Ingles from that injury, so seeing him him get another chance, another contract at uh, a potential return is awesome.
2: All right, so going to the Sixers, uh, Houston East, excuse me, uh, Tenille House, two years, eight and a half million dollars. PJ Tucker, three years, thirty-three point two million dollars. Traveling Queen, two years, three point three million dollars. Um, I mean, look, Joel Embiid said he wants toughness, and they specifically mentioned PJ Tucker against the Miami series, and they went out he and got, got him.
3: He got picked up by this team from that one from their matchup, right? No, from the I playoffs.
2: Mean, well, and I mean, go back to Milwaukee too. Like, I think PJ Tucker is a guy who's been on winning teams recently. I mean, with Toronto, like he, everything Embiid said about the Sixers was right in that regard. Um, now PJ Tucker is 37 years old at this point, so I think there is a part where I'm like, Whoa, three years! Like, but I get it, that's that's the cost of the market right now. And and the, look, the success has been there recently, I, so it's hard to argue with it.
3: And, and I promise you, the Sixers weren't the only ones trying to get PJ Tucker, you know, no, like they, Miami wanted him back, yeah, yeah
2: no, Miami right. definitely wanted him back. Um, so no, bringing in PJ Tucker again, I like what the Sixers have done is it just a philosophy again we talked about depth like you combo this with getting DeAnthony melton from memphis which i thought was a really good pickup um you bring in pj tucker you bring in Daniel house who's a guy who i think fits the mold of what they're trying to do um it just feels like already that the bench is better without even doing anything and here's the reality like i just don't think the sixers are done like i think it's pretty clear the sixers are going to try to move off tobias harris here at some point a couple of, you know, a couple of teams that have been named. But even if you add, like, I don't think you're going to add anything of of game-breaking note here with Tobias Harris. But, um, you know, even if you get a a decent role player there, somebody that can play in the rotation, you know, you look at the bench already, Harden doing all the favors in the world for the Sixers. I mean, Mm -hmm. what what an – and, again, give James Harden some credit. There are absolutely valid concerns about how good he is anymore and if he's worth that max money. But, give you know, listen, all he's talked about is saying that, you know, I want to win a championship. We want to compete. I want to win a championship. I want to help this team do as much as possible. Taking 12 million less dollars to help your team go out and it's get somebody like of DJ Tucker and get somebody like Danielle House and get, you know, quality bench players that you need to fill out this roster. Yeah, I think you got to feel pretty good about that. Um, you know, we'll see what he does in terms of staying healthy. That's going to be the biggest thing. But if you've got him beaten with Maxi's emergence, like it, it feels like you have your top two guys, like you don't need to really go out and third star hunt like I'd much rather them build the roster the way that Boston did the way that Golden State did the way that Milwaukee has like I think that's it was clear to me if you watch the whole season that's what they were missing last year um so yeah I mean I'm, I'm pretty again PJ Tucker's age would be my biggest concern I'm giving the Sixers more of an eye just because I think they're incomplete but if this is just even if nothing else changes if this is the roster going into next year I do think it's better
3: I agree. I agree. I, I like the toughness that was added and and shout out to James Harden for for taking less money because I did not think he was gonna do it.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, like seriously, that that's an extremely underrated move. It's massive for the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um all right, Toronto, Chris Boucher, three years, thirty-five and a quarter million, Thad Young coming back, two year deal, sixteen million dollars. Otto Porter Jr. also coming in from Golden State, uh, two year deal off his championship run there. Um, And again, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like these are just the good moves that Toronto makes. Like, I mean, Boucher has certainly earned his money. He was phenomenal for them last year, played a number of minutes. Like he's kind of been a breakout guy over the past two years. Um, you know Thad Young they brought in post trade deadline like Thad Young we know what he is at this point he's one of those vets he's a Swiss army knife he you know he dives on loose balls he makes the right read like he's a good guy to have in the locker room like they completely makes all the sense of the world to bring Thad Young back and Otto Porter is the same way I mean Otto Porter I think you know he he's been all over because you know he got drafted so high and he made the was on those Wizards teams and at first it felt like he was a bust and then um you know kind of really played into his contract in the playoffs a little bit more and you know now off golden state i think Otto porter because he, he was on golden state in a vet minimum like that's the thing he was you know borderline out of the league and for him to go out and get another contract from toronto like i think he sees the opportunity but like let me be as clear as possible Otto porter is still a good player like mm-hmm. we saw what he did for golden state last year like it, I, I'm always a big believer in rotation guys who play big minutes on championship teams. So you know, no, another really solid off season from Asai Ujiri,
3: and that's what it feels like. You know, you got a bunch of rotation guys, and 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 Toronto continues to have depth and and be so impressive. And just well, just, guys
2: are going to get better too. Like Scotty yeah. Barnes is going to get better. Like Pascal Siakam is still there, coming off his best season of his career. Fred Van Vliet is there. Like they're going to compete. I I don't know. Again, still if they. You know, depending how well their depth is and, and I guess what level Siakam, if he has a higher gear in him to get even higher up there on in the NBA charts. But um, they're going to be competitive, if nothing else, and obviously extremely well coached, coached by Nick Nurse um, and, you know, sleeper KD team. I mean, that's the thing is it's like I, I still feel like they're looming a little bit as well. Um all right Chicago Zach Levine coming back 5 years 215.2 million dollars hey. uh, Derek Jones Jr also coming back 2 years 6.6 mil and then bringing in Andre Drummond as well on a 2 year 6.6 million dollar deal obviously you know let's just get right into Levine that's the main part here um, You know, we knew he was going to test free agency. He was pretty clear about that, but it, it would have been malpractice for Chicago to not give him the max contract that he deserved. Like, again, I know there are a little bit of injury risk with the multiple knee injuries, but mm-hmm. you got to bring Zach Levine back. When this team was healthy, you saw what they were doing at, at the beginning of last year. He and DeRozan fit way better than I think anybody expected. And, you know, look, if, if Chicago in the past year or so with all the money they've spent, they've said they want to win basketball games. To me, it would be really... You know, the antithesis of that point, if you let Zach Levine walk like this is what you traded him for, he's giving you what you needed and good job by them getting there, going out and get him back and locked up and a big part of this franchise for the future.
3: And they're like one of the teams that I'm most curious about because they started off so hot last year and then really faltered out. And I know a lot of that had to do with injuries, but it was like. Were they going to run it back again and see what's up or are they going to, you know, rebrand and maybe trade away some of the bigger name guys they have on the team that have some value to get younger or or what? And it looks like they're going to try to run it back again with some with some added little bit of depth pieces here and there.
2: Yeah, the biggest thing is you just hope Lonzo Ball can play. Um, right. I mean, that's that's my biggest concern too. like way more than Levine. Um, they definitely need another big. So going to get Andre Drummond, I mean, we know he was great in the backup center role mm-hmm. last year. Um, I mean, there were in reports like they were somebody that I thought could, you know, maybe try to go a little younger if they want to make a splash in Mo Bamba. Obviously, we'll talk Mo in a little bit. He's, he was going back to Orlando. Um, there were, you know, maybe they could be somebody who sneaky gets in on the and deal. Um, they certainly have the assets to do that if they want to go that route. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I think it's – Gobert was the other guy that was mentioned too. Um, Clearly that's not – and we'll get into that trade in a little bit later once we start going out west. But, um, no, it it was really solid. Derek Jones Jr., again, solid for them off the bench last year. Like, he played a a good amount of minutes, especially in lieu of all those injuries. Um, Because Patrick Williams, of course, we know didn't really play last year either until the end. So, you know, I get trying to run it back with them. But regardless – like, regardless of how you feel about this current version of the Bulls long term – Levine is the guy no matter what. So, yeah, they Mm -hmm. absolutely had to bring him back. That's a no-brainer. So we talked Brooklyn a little bit earlier. We're not going to go heavy in depth back to them, but they did. um, Nick Claxton is back on a two-year $20 million deal. Patty Mills is back on a two-year $14.5 million deal. Um, And then they traded the 2023 first-rounder for Royce O'Neal, a really solid player from Utah. Um, And, of course, that also has spawned us the now viral uh, what's going on in Utah soliloquy from brian windhorse which is absolutely wonderful if you haven't checked that out yet it's just it's just great television and and i love man wendy i'm glad wendy is getting some respect on his name finally because it was just always like lebron's guy and that was it where it's like no wendy's got a lot right here in the past two years specifically um he nailed james Harden into the Sixers um he was right on top of Utah and and kind of everything being on hold until that gets done and why Brooklyn would do this move cuz i mean th- cuz it did this Royce O'Neal trade came down right before the KD trade and you're just like uh wait what now like why are they giving cuz Royce O'Neal is clearly a win now guy obviously like a, a really solid player um defensively good rebounder um and so, that, I mean, in a vacuum, he's, this is a good pickup for Brooklyn, and they have you know all these other guys there. But you imagine, especially with Patty Mills, too, a lot of teams are going to be calling at the deadline. Uh, but let's go to Atlanta because this is the other uh, team that's really done a lot of wheeling and dealing in the East. Uh, you got Aaron Holiday coming in on a one-year deal. Uh, you Trade-wise, they, they've been active. It's not even really the free agency. So you've got, on a smaller sense, of course, you've got Kevin Herter, Going to Sacramento, where you bring in Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, and a 2024 lottery protected first round pick. But of course, the biggest news bringing in DeJounte Murray from San Antonio for a 2023 first round pick from Charlotte, a 2025 first, a 2027 first, and Danilo Gallinari. Uh, Gallinari, according to all reports, is going to get bought out in San Antonio. If you believe that so far, Boston is his likely landing spot, which of course, there are just. It again had another quality player, definitely not you know despondent about that. But uh, no, it it so I mean this was the first one, like this is what really got us going. Um, and with the Spurs, it just shows if anything else, they're all in on the rebuild. I mean, they're not even keeping Galinari in the mix. Um, they let Lonnie Walker go to LA, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but I mean, clearly, right here, restocking the war chest and let the games for Victor Wembenyama begin. Uh, number one already prospect for next year looks to be one of these generational guys he's also got the spurs ties because tony Parker's is he owns the basketball team he plays on in france um so of course let that begin there but i mean yeah i think this is a clear move that the spurs are going in the tank they're going all, all young guys they're going you know they, they want to completely reach out because this is not a spurs type move you know what i mean i mean to jonathan murray all-star breakout year like finally hits the potential he's looking for and he's just 25 years old like it's not a guy that yeah, you know, you're, he's not really a, a thirty-year-old win-now guy. Um, I, I was a little surprised they didn't try to hold him because I think you still could tank and hold him, um, but you certainly got a lot back for him. So at least you got your draft capital wise.
3: Well, and and Deontay Murray in the interviews said that he that the team and him kind of had a conversation and he wanted to win now, and it sounded like they came to a mutual agreement to be. We're gonna do what's best for you and for us. you know, we're going in the tank. We're gonna let you go try to win and make it a mutual kind of decision here, which I think goes a long way, like you were saying with with the players. you know, I, I think players see that and see a team doing what's best for the player, even though that means not having them on the team, you know. And so I like it. i, I it's a I'm interested to see the how how it works with the Hawks like on the court, um with him and Trey Young, I think it'll be kind of cool. Uh, Kevin Herter, you know, kind of flamed out a little bit in the playoffs last year against the, uh, against the heat. They were, you know, his numbers were a little lower. So, uh, maybe the Hawks felt it was time to move on. And then I guess between him, Trey and Deontay Murray, if that was going to be the way it was going, that would be kind of a, you'd have a lot of guys out there. So
2: what well, for Atlanta, I mean, you look at the roster right, and what they, it's to- a, you know, John Collins was a guy who got floated in all these deals. The fact that they could keep him here in the mix, you've got DeAndre Hunter still. You've got uh, Okongwu. Now, with it, to me, it's just about, I mean, Trey Young and Jajante Murray both averaged 20 and eight last year uh you know two of the only guys in the league to do that i mean and more importantly i think murray's a significantly better defender like trey is an elite all-time offensive player we know he's not a great defender at all where i think murray i mean led the league in steals last year i think he's going to help clean a lot of that up now there's going to definitely be an adjustment period i think here for sure Um, with you know, both of these guys are have been super ball dominant, so I think having to learn to play with each other is is going to take some time. I don't think Atlanta is going to come out of the gate sprinting here, but I think, yeah, Mm -hmm. with the upside here, this is a no brainer for Atlanta. If you want to turn this team's like, um, you know, if, if you want to turn it up there, in my opinion, and give them a higher ceiling, like Murray showed that he has all star potential last year, like what that and again, just still 25 years old, I think it's the type of deal where you absolutely go all in. You, you know, you give up the draft capital for a guy who's that young and you worry about the fit. Like, worst case, if the fit doesn't work, they still both should have a pretty good amount of value. But I'm a big believer in you put the talent together and guys that are that good will figure it out. Like, I think they will figure it out here in Atlanta.
3: Yeah, I agree. I like it.
2: Uh, so going now to Cleveland. Uh, Robin Lopez on a one year deal. Ricky Rubio coming back three years, $18.4 million. I mean, Ricky Rubio was great there until he got hurt and then obviously just became, you know, victim of a trade um, because, you know, you need to get somebody that can help you win now uh with the karis Levert trade but now bringing him back in i mean it seemed like he wanted to be there um everybody was showing that clip of of darius garland and ricky rubio post game one time and you know again post-injury uh it's good to see him get that contract and and kind of be the veteran like when you look at this young core you need a couple of those guys in the locker room it's been you know pretty obvious that ricky rubio wants to be that for cleveland um I I think the fact that they traded him and instantly went right back for him, and were like, "Hey, we come back, please! Like you're a big part of what we want here." Um, I I think that's a a good move for Cleveland, and if nothing else, for the locker room. Like, and but let it be clear: like he was a good player on the court last year too. Before he got hurt, like he was playing a lot of good minutes for them.
3: Yeah, I like Rubio coming back. It's it. It it seems like they haven't done much again with Cleveland because they kind of have their core; they're ready to go. Uh, Let's just see it healthy, you know.
2: Yeah, so Charlotte is been the quietest team in the league, essentially. They haven't done anything. Um, they also, I mean, now, they're, I mean, it's Miles Bridges. Like, Miles Bridges was going to be their big move if they were going to bring him back in. Um, he was in line for that contract. And now Miles Bridges is facing felony domestic assault charges, um, yep. brutal images online um, of him, of his girlfriend, who apparently, according to police report, he choked out in front of their children and assaulted. Um, and my take on this is that if he's guilt, I mean, again, I'm going to let the legal system play out. I always do. But this is really horrifying. And if you're triggered by domestic violence, definitely don't look this up. Um, it's disgusting. It's just like this mm-hmm. is a, a, it's just despicable conduct from Miles Bridges. I think, Bridges. It, I think it was his wife. It, is it his wife? I, I, it think, it his his. W- I think it's
3: his I think it's his wife. I don't know if they were to... married
2: or not, but either way, like it, regardless, it was his partner. It was mm-hmm. in front of their children. It's despicable conduct. As far as get Miles Bridges out of the league, I, I'm not worried about Miles Bridges' contract. Get him out of the league.
3: Well, and, and you know, there, uh, I, I completely agree with you, uh, but sometimes sports teams look past this kind of stuff, which is frustrating. Oh, and, that,
2: and that's fine if you want to do that years from now, and, and there's genuine remorse, and there's a, a real apology, and all this other stuff, and you know we we see some real hearing. Like, look, I'm, I'm second chances. A lot of people, like you said, have gotten second chances. But my initial reaction is that Miles Bridges has no Ooh. business playing NBA basketball. Like, you don't you don't deserve the ability to make that type of income and play a game for a living after that. Like, that's just it's nasty behavior.
3: And there is a uh, a story uh, a Reddit story going around. Out of this, that's actually going to be. I'm going to have it on our balling and falling feature. So a little foreshadowing to to when we get to that point.
2: All right, we'll get back to that a little bit, scumbag. All right, uh, New York Knicks. Isaiah Hartenstein, two years, sixteen million dollars. Mitchell Robinson, four years, sixty million. And of course, the bigger one, Jalen Brunson, which we talked a little bit about last week. Four years, one hundred and four million dollars. Uh, they also have two second rounders uh, via shipping Nurla Noel and Alec Burks out to Detroit. Uh, in in order to kind of free up the space there. I I mean, honestly, like I've sat with this a little more and I don't actually hate it nearly as much as I thought I did for the Knicks. Uh, More on just some of the other contracts that we're seeing out there. Because first off, I mean, hey, I think they got great value on Mitch Robinson. Like Mitch Robinson's a homegrown guy. He's been really good for them when he's been healthy for the past few years. And um, I think that that was a no-brainer bringing him back um and you know Hardenstein's a good backup big as well like I thought it's funny I thought he was gonna go to Orlando and I thought Bamba was gonna go to New York and it ended up they just you know completely flipped um Bamba going back to Orlando him going there so um in, in terms of that I think the big man rotation there is good I think they need to bring Mitch back again he's he's one of their younger success stories he deserved it Brunson is getting a lot of money for sure like I, I think you see $104 million and you go, whoa, what is going on here? Is Jalen Brunson this good? Jalen Brunson's getting paid to be the 13th best point guard in the league. And I watched Jalen Brunson be a big part of a Dallas Mavericks team that just went to the conference finals. I saw Jalen Brunson really step up and carry this team in playoff series, when Luka was out, like that to me is where I'm higher on Brunson is that, you know, because because of course the initial reaction is, yeah, well, he played with Luka. Like, right. Duh, right. Of course, he was great. He, he played with one of the top 10 players in the NBA. Brunson stepped up and took over when they were out. Like he kind of showed the upside a little bit. I think the way, especially with the cap increase that's happening in the NBA, I don't hate this contract nearly as much as I thought I did. I think it's fine. I can live with it. I think Brunson needs to be good and I think he's good and I wonder how great he is. But I actually think this contract might age well.
3: Well, possibly. I think a lot of it is the unknown with with Brunson, right? Like we we saw it a little bit and there is some question marks of how much of it was from Luca. I know he was out for a bit, but how much was it, you know, the the scheme and, and Luca freeing a lot of things up for him. So I do want to see like, I personally would have wanted to see it a little bit more before paying that much money. But if that was the value and that was the market, then that's just what it was,
2: you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, they, they were going all in. I mean, the Knicks...
3: Well, they definitely went the for Knicks it. Knicks tampered
2: their rear ends off, so... You're Lord probably gonna going to get in
3: trouble for that, honestly, right? Yeah,
2: probably. They had that fake meeting with Dallas to try to go back at it. It was so obvious, which, again, I, like, I think everybody in the NBA tampers. So, I guess that's kind of one of my things is where it's like, you know, are we really about to dock teams? Because we saw it last year. Uh, Miami and, who is it, Milwaukee got docked yeah, for tampering?
3: I think so, yeah. I'm
2: liking all the other team. Yeah. Um, so, like, I get that they're trying to enforce it, but it's also like, guys, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah. Washington, uh, DeLon Wright, two years, $16 million deal. Bradley Beal coming back, five years, $251 million, opting into that max deal, officially killing every Bradley Beal rumor, essentially. Finally, it's been years of them. And then via trade, uh, with Denver, uh, uh just two player for two player swap, Kentavious Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith out, Will Barton and Monte Morris in. Cool. Um, I mean, in a vacuum, I like these moves. Like, Will Barton was solid last year uh, for or for Denver, I should say. Um, like, I mean, he essentially had to be – I mean, it felt like he was their two option for a lot of the season given just all the injuries there. Um, but Monte Morris played a lot of good minutes for them as well. So I get those are, you know, guys that will help the roster in its short term. Um, you've got Kuzma there still as well. Um, it kind of fit the timeline a little bit with the young guys. Like, it's not too ridiculous. Because um, that's – I mean, that's where you're really hoping breaks out right? Like you want some of these younger guys to step up here. Um, Hakimura is a, the biggest example. Um, And with Brad Beal, you've got your superstar back. Now, full disclosure, these max contracts are crazy, man. Cause like, I, I do think there are levels to it. I don't think there's any planet where Bradley Beal is going to be worth that much money in the last year of that contract. Like, I think that is already hilariously bad. And Bradley Beal is an objectively, what? Top 25 player, probably in the NBA. Probably, yeah. I think he's a lot closer to 25 than 10. And I guess that's my point is like I have, I'm have i struggling to give that type of money to non-top 10 guys. And I think that's, that's where the just... NBA is kind of in an interesting spot with the homegrown, you know, with the amount of money that you can get. Because it is. I mean, Bradley Beal, if he stinks, is going to totally ruin Washington's books in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Now I think if you're Washington, you also have to keep him, and because he's your, you know, I mean, he's your franchise guy, especially when John Wall left. Like he, you don't let somebody that talented walk for nothing either. And maybe later on in the contract, if he's still playing well, it's not going to be a big deal. But I mean, I don't know. Like we got the Brad Beal show last year, and they didn't really do anything.
3: And that was kind of my thinking. Is is, and I think that's why there's always so much conversation of Bradley Beal going to a different team is because he's he's on a team that's just not performing and it's like at what point are you going to change something up or or develop develop talent enough around him to be competitive and maybe they'll get there um but man it feels like you know shout out to brad beal for being so loyal oh get your money no 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 brad
2: wanted to get paid and he got paid like look i I never hate on that like you know, stay with the squad if this is what he wants to do. Again, some guys are like that; they just want to be with their he loyal. You know, certain time. If he's happy in DC, if he's comfortable in DC, I completely understand that. D.C.'s a great city. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, I that contract, I, I want to see it. I want to get the crystal ball out and see that in three. Because what he'll be,
3: he'll night. be thirty. He'll be thirty four. Yeah, at that point, I just don't think they're going to be all that much
2: better. Like, I guess that's my point with we'll the Wizards see. is like they've all this tamp like tinkering around, but it's like I don't really. Feel like they're that much better, and I guess that's kind of my point. Um, Indy, we talked a little bit. I mean, Indy's going in the rebuild more or less. I mean, we talked about the Brogdon trade, so they got another first rounder out of that. I guess the biggest thing to watch now is Miles Turner, which I feel like we again we've been saying for four straight years. Um, and ironically, we're still saying it after they made the Sabonis Turner decision when they sent Sabonis out to uh to Indy or to Sacramento, I should say. Um you know, I'm interested to see because they kind of went in the rebuild or retool at least when they went out and got Halliburton last year. Um, you've got multiple first round picks. So you're in a, in a good position to, to you know, re- reap that a little bit here sooner than later, bring in some young guys, hopefully. Um, miles Turner is interesting. like I don't think they're they have to move him. like again, I think this is one of these things where if he's shining out there, if he's a, a good player on an indie team like they're going to be franchises that need bigs and I mean there still are like Detroit needs a big, Charlotte needs a big. Um, I mean I, even Chicago, if you want to go that route, I know they just brought Drummond in, but it's like if you want to get somebody a little better in there, miles Turner is definitely somebody to keep an eye on um and, and so i guess he's one of the guys to watch for the rest of the season i'm interested to see if they move him um but at least right now it's it's pretty clear that indy's going in the rebuild
3: yeah and and you know um we'll see where they go with it you know turner's going to be the the like you said the the kind of uh sought after player and and i think it might be one of those things we see it at the the deadline next year you know during the during the season potentially but but. Either way, uh, you know, get as it's, it's stock up on draft picks. You know, go for no, it. Yeah. We'll-
2: yeah, keep the war chest loaded. Uh, Detroit, Kevin Knox, two years, six million dollars. Uh, they got Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks via that deal with the Knicks. Um, and then Marvin Bagley, three years, thirty-seven million dollars. Uh, again, no complaints with any of these here. Bagley, they brought in last year, still betting yep. on that upside a little bit. Kevin Knox, I I don't think is going to give you much at this point, but again, it you're it's strictly a flyer. Um, mm-hmm. and, and for New the as well like he's a guy I think that you maybe will look to move again at the trade deadline or you keep him in the locker room I mean they they need a big there he can play some good minutes on that front Alec Burks was playing well for the Knicks last year and I think he'll be the solid veteran that they need in that locker room um, or if nothing else I think he's a guy that you know people will inquire about at the trade deadline so You know, Again, we know what Detroit's doing flexibility-wise. We know that they're trying to keep their options open. Um, And then for Orlando, uh, Gary Harris, two years, $26 million. Uh, Mo Bamba, two years, $21 million. I mean, Harris, they brought back to be the vet. I mean, they've said that multiple times. Like, Gary Harris can play minutes for them if need be. But, I mean, realistically, you're going to have Jalen Suggs ahead of him. You're going to have Markel Fultz ahead of him. And you're going to have Cole Anthony off the bench ahead of him. Um, maybe even RJ Hampton at that point but they love Gary Harris in the locker room he wants to be that guy so that's a no-brainer if you want to bring him back Um, and he can give you some minutes in a pinch as well you know I was surprised with Mo because I I just it felt like it was going to be a sign and trade type deal Um, Mm -hmm. when they didn't pick up his option it was kind of like oh are they going to really let him go for free like he's still 23 years old I know he's been pretty disappointing um, given how high he was picked in the draft but You know, I I think right now with Jamal Mosley, if you're ever going to get anything out of Mo Bamba, like this is the squad. Like this, it's a young squad. You play him in tandem with Wendell Carter Jr., um, and and I think you just keep things rolling.
3: Yeah, you, uh, like you were kind of saying, is is even though he hasn't lived up to expectations, the the age wise, he's still got a chance to potentially develop into it. So you might as well still take a little bit of a flyer on him and, and let it ride. Didn't someone from Orlando tweet that they wanted Kevin Durant? on the oh, team. Oh, Paulo
2: Bancaro did an RJ it, about- <laughs> And Richard Jefferson had the best reaction ever. He's like, Paulo, don't tweet that. If they, that
3: happens, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're gone too.
2: Yeah, 100% true. But I respect Bancaro already uh, being in there in, in, in the tank for his boys. He's only been on the squad a week,
3: but you got to love to see He's it. He's ready. He's ready to go. He's ready to sacrifice himself for the team. Yeah.
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: for for who's balling and who's falling on the drive and dish podcast. Balling for me this week is our guy Brett Brown back in the league uh, as an assistant again in San Antonio under pop. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, that's where he got his start. Uh, Look, man, I mean, Brett's been through a lot. Like I, there is a little like comedy in the sense that he's going through another rebuild almost like San Antonio. We know is going to basically be in the tank this year. Um and so you know, it's like it's 2013 all over again. But no, I mean, I I'll always have a soft spot for Brett. He did he did a great job here in Philly. Could he, um, especially um, given the circumstances? And hopefully, he gets another head coaching look again one day. Well, I think he deserves it on a French on a on a team that was a little less um, that that had sh- like what's the I'm, I'm blanking on the word right now. But they elicited a number of strong opinions. Uh, the process Sixers did, yeah. and so I'd yeah. like to see Brett maybe get a little bit of a chance on a team that's less. Uh, like you know mercurial if you will.
3: Well and and I wonder if maybe there is there was or is uh some talk about whenever Pop does decide to retire. You know, he'll he'll be right there ready to go. Could
2: very well be. Lord knows he's got experience with young teams. So. Mm-hmm. All right, who's balling with you this week?
3: Balling for me is the uh Charlotte Hornets subreddit page. Um, after everything that happened, uh, they came out and, and started a little subtopic uh, that was essentially about donating money to a shelter for domestic abuse violence uh, victims. Um, and the person running it, their their Reddit page name is Watch the Boom. Uh, if anybody's interested, and uh, last night when I was reading it, he did he had or the person had done two uh, edits to the post and said that uh, Safe Alliance, is who they went through, uh, reached back out to them and said thank you for all that they've done as of five hours after posting it. um, They had already donated around $1,500, and the person on this post put out there, this was before it went to number one on the main NBA Reddit page, so I would imagine more happened after that. Yeah. and then they put in there that if anybody's interested in donating and, and has it from this group, the Safe Alliance wanted them to put the uh, the mention fan group in the uh, in the donation. That way they can track where it's all coming from and make sure that people are getting the correct shout outs.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, good, super admirable effort there um, again. And, you know, definitely check that link out. Um, you know, you know, call police if you know anyone affected by domestic violence as well. It's no joke. It affects a lot of people. Uh, all right. Uh, Fallen for me is Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, stress fracture in his foot, four to six months he's out. Uh, pretty tough break for the Grizzlies, no pun intended. Um, just because of, of the timing of this stinks a little bit. Um, you're in the off season, so at least you can take some solace in the first three-ish months of this injury are going to kind of be during you know training camp time, preseason time. Um, but I mean, realistically, like you are, I, I think you have to brace yourself a little bit here if you're Memphis with at least the first quarter issue of the season um, that you're going to be without him, Um, that you're going to be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, it's a really tough situation. Um Realistically, I don't expect to see him again. I'm not a doctor, so it could be four to six months, but I mean, there's a chance where he doesn't play until like December, maybe we're seeing him around Christmas. So I think the Grizzlies will be fine. They have plenty of depth. Like, I mean, Lord knows how good they were without Jaw last year. We'll see if they could re- replicate that without Jaron Jackson jr um but yeah we uh definitely hope to see him back here sooner than later
3: well and from a grizzlies fan standpoint at this point because of how well you did last year i think next year's expectations is is a a deep run in the playoffs so i think from a regular season standpoint you're just it's positioning at that point like just make sure you're making it into the playoffs so that you can make a run so obviously they'll need him on the uh on the court to to win some games but I don't think it'll fully matter until we're getting closer to the playoffs for them at least.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, that's what, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. As long as he's in, uh, by the way, we had to talk about it. Memphis could make a great Kevin Durant package too. Like, let me be as clear as spot. Memphis ja, has job ja posted
3: the Ja posted about it.
2: But uh, It's like, you're not going to give up jaw. Um, but between Bain. Desmond Bain, between yeah. Jaron Jackson, Jr., between Dylan Brooks, between Brandon Clark, between all the first rounders they have, like there are guys that you could give up. It, they could, have a better package than a lot of other teams could put it that way. Um They're again, though, nicer Memphis. You have the flexibility to do both. Uh All right. Who's fallen for you this week?
3: Falling for me, Andrew Bogut, uh, trying to, what I assume was a joke about Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker breaking up. Uh I don't really even want to say what he said, but, but just made jokes about how she's, you know, been around the NBA and, and tried to joke that, she was a free agent again. Uh, wasn't well received, obviously. And it's like Andrew Bogut, what are you doing? Um, no, he's being a troll. He's being a yeah.
2: right. He's being a right troll, essentially. I mean, that's what he's been kind of doing. Post a little. I mean, he's back in Australia. I know that for sure. But this yeah. is kind of what he's been doing for a little bit now, right?
3: Yeah, he's got some kind of podcast. I didn't once I realized what he was doing. Like so, he he issued an a. It wasn't an apology. Like he quote tweeted people upset about him as an issue of apology but then turned it on to troll them a little bit and promote his podcast. So it seems like he's just promoting his podcast. Uh, All right. Thumbs down.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Thumbs down for me on the video stream. Mm -mm. Um, So, Full disclosure here, uh, we were going to do this entire free agency episode and we still have the whole Western Conference to talk about, but we are an hour and seven minutes into this episode, so we're going to stop it right here and make this a two-part episode. Yeah, we're going to have to. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this first part of the episode of the Driving Dish NBA podcast. Uh, We appreciate you guys as always. Again, we are going to be recording like literally right now after this, the Western part. Um, with all our West free agency thoughts and all that fun stuff. So stay tuned for that. That is coming. Um, We have a whole lot to talk about with the Rudy Gobert trade, a ton to talk about in terms of what is the value of a first rounder in the NBA anymore. Um, A couple of other moves there as well. So uh th- th- we did not ignore the Western comments, but full disclosure, like we're, we're not going to have a two-hour pod for you. We are going to split it up here a little
3: we're bit. We're not Joe Rogan out here trying to drop four-hour episodes. I thought, I mean, look, two is like...
2: I would have to go back. I w- I wonder what the longest was because last one was long too. We hit an hour fifteen last time, and I was and it felt like we had a lot of talk. And this one would easily go two hours. Like if we if we kept rolling right now, like we easily have another hour of content. Yeah. Um, and so I, I have to go in the archives because so I feel like we've had like one super long one. Um, maybe some of those those early season previews, but I'll do Not that later. later. Anyway, though, find the podcast anywhere. Uh, Leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad, or read them. Google Play Store, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Amazon Music, anywhere. Again, you can find a podcast. No matter where you are, you can find us.
3: Yep, and find us on uh, YouTube. We're looking for subscriber number 40. And uh, if you want to be that subscriber, hit us up YouTube. Just search Drive and Dish NBA. I think we've done
0: enough dancing
2: for today, so why don't we dance Wednesday? See you, Starside. Okay, well.
3: All right, all right, I think they get the point. <laughs>